0: You're listening to Gotham Coach,
1: the show that brings sneakerheads and ball players together. Now, here's your host with over two hundred pairs of sneakers, Tyrone Smith. Yo, 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 yo. Ooh. Hey, was good, y'all. Y'all already know what time it is. It's time to get down to business. Hey yo, check this out man I know y'all ain't heard my voice in a minute I know y'all been missing my voice I know y'all miss the sexiness in my voice You know, I know you miss it I miss it sometimes too I told y'all what I be doing sometimes When I ain't ain't heard my voice in a couple hours I had to get up and randomly talk to myself Just so I could hear my voice But it ain't nothing like that man I I've been telling y'all man The boy been on the G-R-I-N-D Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I've been on that grind, man. I've been on that slow grind. Hey, merch coming soon, baby. Merch coming soon. Get ready for that Dylon Diligent Hot Fire, man. It's about to go down. Besides that, man, shout out to the Hamtramck Police Department. You know, they do wonderful things out there at Hamtramck. I love you and I appreciate you. <laughs> But, um, uh, hey man, i just been I just been grinding, man I've just been grinding, I ain't put an episode out last week I ain't doing an exclusive breakdown episode last week, neither So, you know, i just been kind of grinding, chilling, promoting um, Advertising, doing what I need to do You know, just trying to take this whole thing to a whole different level, you feel me? I mean, that's what it is at the end of the day, man You gotta, you know, you gotta put some things to the side And, you know, really get on that grind, man That's what I've been doing you know it ain't nothing personal to none of y'all. I know y'all be wanting to hear my commentary and my thoughts and my opinions on some of the things that be going on. But you you gotta understand at the end of the day, when I really talk about being a one man army, I'm legit a one man army. I do all this stuff by myself. You feel me? And I don't complain. And it ain't no regulation. And it ain't no woe is me. None of that. Well, nobody feel bad for me. At the end of the day, man, when people decide to go into the professions and the careers that they want to do, you know what I'm saying, they know the risk, they know they, they they know the grind, they know the struggle, you know what I mean, and I know the grind, I know the struggle, baby, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, man, been doing this for a long time, so I already know the ins and the outs, but you know what, I ain't even gonna lie to you, man, the boy has been getting some traction, man, the boy been getting some traction. Doing some doing some good things, man. Slowly but surely getting where I need to go. You know what I'm saying? Um Yeah, man. That's all I gotta say. You know I, mean? I have a you No know I Man, I have an interesting story for y'all. But you know what? It's been a real chill week to be honest with you. Ain't nothing crazy been going on. You know what I'm saying? I've been real chill. You know, I've been staying out of hand me- <laughs> Brother ain't trying to get no more tickets. No more tickets. Don't need them. I don't need them in my life, brother. I don't need them. <laughs> hey, man, but let's get into this episode, man. Y'all already know what time it is. I don't know what episode number this is. After the patron free episodes and the patron exclusive episodes, I lost count. I think I lost count at the 32 so uh if you know the number go ahead and say it say it as i do my intro because i don't know the number so episode number insert your own number here
0: of the show well
1: if you got a problem with me brother go ahead and google me i mean you ain't gonna find nothing because i'm not that important yet but if you got a problem with me Go ahead and Google me. Google me, Chuck. Google me, Chuck. (laughs) No, but seriously, don't Google me. Y'all need to know nothing about me unless I tell you. Got him, coach. Yes, 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 yes. And I am your host, Tyrone Smith, aka Wrong 2 Exclusive, aka. Mr. Hustle Bandit A.K.A. Mr. Sneaker Bandit Four Point Island, lock him up, bro! Daytona 360, alive and in the flesh, and y'all already know what I come to do, man. I come to give y'all that Dylan Dillinger hot fire, that H-E-A-T-H-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E- Y'all already know how to go And that's been this week's episode man I'ma holler at y'all boys Next week dog Peace You just got the heat Thanks for the support It's greatly appreciated Tune, Tune in next week for another episode Hey man I'm tweaking man i thought i put a full episode together for y'all boys man i'm tweaking my bad my bad (laughs) hey check this out man if anybody don't know the uh the reference that i just did man y'all should be ashamed of yourselves but um Hey Jr. Bro, my bad, man. My bad. I'm rocking with you, boy. Hey, the whole, the whole hustle bandit, sneaker bandit, Four Point Island. We, the, the whole community, bro. We rocking with you, man. We 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 rocking with you. We 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 know you ain't doing it on purpose, bro. We know at the heat of the moment you lost your you lost your mind, you lost the traction you lost the, your thought of process, and you 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 uh you did that, man. It happens, man. Ask Chris Weber. Matter of fact, as Magic Johnson. I mean, he kinda pulled the same move that uh that you just pulled. You know what I'm saying? So don't feel bad, man. Don't feel bad. I mean, y'all legit really wasn't gonna have a chance in this series. Y'all might have pulled out a game. I mean, but game one was your opportunity, to be honest with you. But I mean, look. I digress. We need to <laughs> get into the basis of this episode, man. Um so let's just talk about it man Y'all already know NBA Finals I kind of covered some of what I wanted to talk about In my exclusive breakdown episode um, That episode will be coming out Friday uh, For my patrons out there You'll get 24 hour early access to the show It will be unedited So you will get to see all of the milk, Milks and crannies of the episode That um, that, that went on You kind of get to see the process That I go through when I, um, when I Do the episodes Just that and the third so you'll get to see that and you'll enjoy it and you'll like it so if you're a patron go ahead and enjoy that free 24-hour access that episode actually man it wasn't even gonna be a 24-hour access it might be a 12-hour access you know because i still gotta put a little something something together for it to look somewhat presentable so um y'all go ahead and y'all enjoy that free access everybody else y'all get that episode friday so uh You'll actually get to kind of see what I was talking about. I touched on a little, di- a couple of different things from the um, the Eagles not going down to the White House for the Super Bowl. I think it's a good move, um, even if even if Trump uh, canceled it initially. I thought that the team and they self decided not to go down there, but apparently it was Trump who decided to cancel the invite, mainly because only a small amount of a group of people was going down there to begin with. You know, I talk about that whole situation and. You know the whole standing for the anthem thing. You know I talk about it just being all about the money at the end of the day, man. And look, it's just facts. It's just facts. When you when you do things to to mess up the bottom line, they're gonna do anything to try to prevent you from messing up that bottom line. It's sad, but I mean, I mean, what can you really do about it? You know what I'm saying? Like you just gotta. It's unfortunate, but you just gotta kind of roll with the process and you know a lot of people don't want to do that you know a lot of people a lot like i said a lot of people don't like change like i said in the episode a lot of people don't like change and when change comes and it affects things no matter if the cost if the cost will is you know good or bad mainly bad if it's bad if it's bad to the other people's bottom line then you know they're going to try to do anything possible to make sure that you know they silence you by any any means necessary so uh that's a little something that what I was talking about in the exclusive breakdown episode. But like I said, if you are a patron, you'll go ahead and you'll probably get that episode probably Thursday. Um if you if you anybody else, you'll definitely get that episode uh Friday. So go ahead and subscribe to the exclusive breakdown YouTube channel. Go ahead and follow the Instagram at exclusive breakdown Facebook. It's exclusive breakdown. Um patron i mean if you want to get early access to episodes go ahead and um you know be a patron for a little for as little as one dollar you can go ahead and you can support the brand you know what i'm saying um it's greatly appreciated so uh as i was stating man i was talking you know as i was talking um this this is the finals i don't like legit i didn't want to see again i get tired of seeing the same teams over and over again now i know how people in the 80s felt when the Lakers and the Celtics was always playing in the NBA finals. It's like it's 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 repetitive and, and it's boring. And you know, team the teams know each other so well. And you know, I just I just don't like it. You know what I'm saying? So that's why my pick was uh Toronto and Houston to make it to the finals and um neither team made it like I thought they would. Houston Houston let me down, you know, being up by so many points being up by so many points just to, you know, just to collapse and, and, and lose the game, you know, I was really disappointed in the Rockets, you know what I'm saying, I felt like they could have did more, you know, they could have, you know, held serve more, but, uh you know, they just ran into that buzzsaw, Golden State got hot in, them third, in that third quarter, game six held Houston only 25 points, Houston only scored nine points in the fourth quarter, and then, you know, they kind of did the same thing in game seven, you know, they just kind of you know, slowly crept their way into it, into the point where they was leading up to the point where they was winning so, that's tough if you're, if you're a Houston Rockets fan that's tough, I know you feel bad and now it's going to be an interesting offseason what happens with CP3? CP3 has already said that he's not taking no discount to stay with the Rockets I know they had talked about possibly getting LeBron James if I'm LeBron, I'm not going west I'm definitely staying east and I'm looking at Philly Philly is my best option to be, you know, to be in the finals. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my best bet. I wouldn't go nowhere else. I wouldn't go to the Lakers. I wouldn't go to the Rockets. I wouldn't go to the Spurs. I will definitely, definitely stay out east, and I would definitely go to the Philadelphia 76ers and, you know, help that boy Ben Simmons do what he do. Now, here's an interesting question that I have. Nah, it, it wasn't it wasn't a question that I brought apart. It was a question brought by ESPN. But um they ask, does LeBron James really make players better? And that's a good question, because you really gotta really think about all the players that he's played with. Um and ask yourself, do the players really get better or do they just kind of benefit from being on the team with LeBron? You know what I'm saying? I think the one player that I can not say kinda that he kinda made a little bit you know what i'm saying made better and i was just for that for that short little time in the, in the playoffs that one particular year and that would be day uh booby gibson like booby gibson he came out and he was just draining them against the pistons just draining them breaking my little heart breaking my heart with the pistons you know what i'm saying so you know and then ever since he left you know he hadn't been the same you know, Mario Chalmers was somewhat... He was a consistent guard when he was uh with LeBron. But otherwise, now that he's been on his own... You know, he's not as consistent. When you think about Chris Bosh... Think about how Chris Bosh was dominating. You know, he was you know, first optional Toronto. You know what I'm saying? And now, it's just like... First of all, he doesn't play because of, of his condition... With the blood clots and everything like that. And hopefully, you know... He takes his doctor's advice, and if the doctors advise him that he can't play anymore and he shouldn't play, then I hope he takes that advice and doesn't play. Because blood clots, I mean, that's that's something you definitely don't want to play with. That's something you don't want to play with at all. But then you got to think, when when LeBron got to Miami, it kind of made Chris Bosh become something different. Chris Bosh wasn't really shooting threes and mid-range uh, jump shots. He was kind of shooting mid-range jump shots, but he definitely wasn't shooting threes like that in Toronto you know, he was definitely a low post guy. Get him down on the block, let him do his thing, and, you know, he'll kind of give you buckets. But then it's like LeBron and them all got there. Chris Bosh had to change his game, and you can kind of see where it kind of affected him. Um, dig about with Kevin Love. Kevin Love Kevin Love is a consistent 20-point, 10-11 uh player in this league. And you kind of see at times, you know, where he struggles. You know, Ronnie Hood said that, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's a struggle playing with LeBron. J.R. Smith said it's a blessing and a curse. Um, so in terms of asking, does LeBron James make players better? I don't think LeBron makes players better. I think he puts them in better positions or better situations on the basketball court like i feel like if it is if, if, if the team right now was to go other places um i think they would thrive i think i think lebron in some way i think he kind of holds the team back in in some in some instances you know what i'm saying in some instances because think about it like this rodney hood was a 17 point per game scorer, right he gets to cleveland he's not really He ain't really, you know what I'm saying? He ain't doing nothing. Matter of fact, they give him garbage time. Like, I don't understand that. Matter of fact, if I'm Tyron Lou, I'm definitely starting. I'm either starting Rodney Hood or I'm starting Kyle Corbin. I'll I'll probably start, I said Rodney Hood. I would start Rodney Hood. You know, he's a 6'8 guy. He can get his own shot off. You know, he can can, can score. He can get buckets, you know. And, you know, he can switch off. He can guard Steph. He can guard Clay. Guard, you know, he has a a little enough length. The wingspan will probably help him to kind of guard KD. I think um Ronnie Hood is definitely being underutilized. And I wouldn't I wouldn't start J.R. Smith because you can kind of see where game one is just kind of taking away his confidence. But still, we're talking about LeBron. Um, does he make players better? I don't think he makes them better. I think he just puts them in better situations. Like if 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 a guy was to leave that team, you know what I'm saying, I think that they would be I don't know. I don't know. I think some. I think a lot of the players would be better off without LeBron. Like, I think if Kevin Love was to leave, get traded or something like that, I think he would be better off. I think he would be better off. I think you would see him at his Minnesota Timberwolves days. Like, Rodney Hood, I think he would be better off. I think he'd be better off. He would probably be where he was at the 17-point-per-game when he was where he was at when he was with Utah. Um... George Hill. George Hill was an all-star caliber point guard a couple years ago with Utah. You know, he was a guy who was being talked about about possibly being an all-star. You know, he put up good numbers. You know, he surprised a lot of people because a lot of people didn't really know what was coming. Um, And, you know, he kind of did his thing. Now, he went to Sacramento, and Sacramento is kind of the black hole in the NBA right now, even though they do have a chance to do some special things in this draft. Hopefully they don't draft another big man, but uh, you know, let's talk about Luka Doncic possibly going first overall to Phoenix. So that could be a possibility where um, where they draft another big man, and you know, that just be a plethora, a plither <laughs> a big man that Sacramento has, So that's something to think about. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. So, I just, I I believe that if uh, other players, like, if they go elsewhere, I think they would be better off than they are with LeBron. See, here's the thing with LeBron. LeBron is a ball-dominant player. And there's been talks about him playing more off the ball. But at the end of the day, right now, he's an on-the-ball player. And, like, you can see where he takes away from a lot of people's game. You know, Kevin Love isn't the same. You know what I'm saying? Um... You know Rodney Hood isn't the same J.R. Smith J.R. Smith just kind of been where he Kind of is where he is You know what I'm saying Then you gotta wonder Like if Tristan If LeBron James was in there Would Tristan Thompson be able to You know do more Would um Who else Who else See no those are just questions You gotta you gotta think Like Isaiah Thomas He really wasn't That good of a player When he played with LeBron You know, uh, Derrick Rose wasn't that good of a player when he played with LeBron. Jay Crowder kind of fell off when he played with LeBron. I think LeBron does more so. And don't get me wrong. I think LeBron is a great player. But in terms of making other players better, I I don't think he makes other players better. I think he puts them in the best situations. Um, with his with his amazing basketball IQ and his amazing playmaking ability. I think he puts them in better situations But I don't think he makes players better And that's just me, but Back to the series man Golden State Cleveland, you know, it's something that everybody don't nobody really wanted to see again But you know, that's just what it is. You know, you know, you get you you get what you get for me I, I, I took my notes and you know, and that's one thing that I, I do like to do I like to I like to take notes I've, I've been taking notes of certain series And then, you know, just kind of watching how they play out And uh, When I talked about You know, Cleveland And Golden State I talked about how Golden State couldn't play with the Cavs You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they've been playing They had played with the Rockets You know, let the Rockets get out to these double-digit leads Where they had to Fight their way back and they made it look easy, but they had to fight their way back in the second half to, you know, take advantage of the uh, take advantage of the game. I felt like they couldn't do that with Cleveland because if they give Cleveland any glimpse of hope, the Cavs have the Cavs have the best player in the world, and they can do whatever they need to do. And he can he can get them in situations that he needs to get them into to make sure that they win the game. And that's just facts. So. Going into game one, I was expecting for Golden State to come out with a lot of energy, a lot of intensity, a lot of tenacity, and, you know, dominate the game. But that just wasn't the case. Game one, Cleveland kind of dictated that game. They kind of made Golden State play to their pace. Um, they out-rebounded them, out-rebounded them by 15. You know what I'm saying? They outrebounded rebounded them by 15, you know, in the first half. I think they were shooting like 50-something percent from the floor. Um, you know they was hit. They was hitting all their shots. Kevin Love came to play. Um, so you know they was in a good situation They was in a good situation. Golden State had their little mini runs in the third quarter, but you know Cleveland was able to withstand those runs and still keep the game competitive. Fourth quarter came. LeBron did his thing, but Steph Curry also did his thing. You know what I'm saying? So it was like it was like back and forth. Now here's a couple things I want to talk about. The 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 block. The charge reversed to the block. Um, I hear a lot of people saying, oh, well, how could they change the car? You know, the call was the car. I mean, look, the NBA put in the rule where they can go back and look at those type of calls. And if you really look at the car, not only was LeBron James still moving, but he was also leaning into it like he was leaning a little bit into Kevin Durant, which you can't do. I mean yes, he was outside of the restricted area but you could tell he was still leaning and he was still moving a little bit that's a block simple as that simple as that um the j.r. Smith situation and look I feel bad for the man I mean I, I I legit feel bad for him but people gotta understand um well this is what I didn't understand right? Terrell Lou knew that it was a timeout. They knew that he, he had to have known that there was a timeout. Apparently, none of the other players had initially thought it was a timeout. Because after I looked at the play, you know, we all talk about how, you know, how LeBron James basketball basketball IQ is so high. But then I'm thinking, I'm like, well, dang, you know, the minute he seen JR not put the shot back up and was running back out towards the three-point line, why didn't he call a timeout then? You know what I'm saying, so I'm guessing. Apparently, he didn't know. But then, as I looked more into it, you could see where he was signaling for a timeout. So when they went back to the block, when they went back to the uh, bitches and he was asking them, like, "Do we, do we, do we not have a timeout? Do we, do we have a timeout? Do we have a timeout?" You already knew, bro, because you were signaling for a timeout after the fact. Like but then even even in that case, like, you know, it should have still been alerted. Look, one timeout. Like, even Taron Lou, he could've called the timeout from the bench. You know what I'm saying? He could have ran down half court, like, look timeout, timeout timeout. Like So we were we wanna blame jr Smith. And I feel like look, out of a hundred percent of all blame, jr Smith should definitely get ninety-six percent of it. But we also gotta look at the fact that maybe Taron Lu didn't his guys or alert his guys like hey look we got a timeout." or maybe it was just the fact that everything was just so crazy and it was so hectic going you know there's a lot of hecticness going on maybe you know maybe they knew but in in the in the heat of like i said in the heat of the moment man when you got so much adrenaline inside of you and you know a lot of times you're not really thinking like that you know what i'm saying you're just trying to you know you're just trying to do what you got to do and i'm not buying the fact that they already know that they <laughs> that they was up man look in these arenas they got all these high-tech uh <laughs> all these high-tech scoreboards you know they they got it all around the arena the, the, the bowl of the arena they got the big scoreboard up top you could have easily easily looked at the scoreboard and seeing that, you know, what I'm saying that when he scored that, when Je- when George Hill made that uh, free throw, that they was tied. Now, George Hill, you were 81 free throw shooting in the playoffs. You got to make the free throw. Simple as that. Simple as that, man. You got to make the free throw. Like, you know, this is, you know, you this is what you get paid for. You know what I'm saying like this is what Sacramento gave you all that money for, but then traded you. But you know, this is what you paid for. You know you gotta make the free throw um and even like i said you know like i said even in the the heat of the moment you know what i'm saying a lot of times you're not really thinking like that you're not you legit not thinking like that and you know you just kind of doing you just kind of going with the motions but even at the free throw line man you you tighten up you know what i'm saying you know the pressure's on you this is the nba finals you know what i'm saying this is the nba finals so that's a lot of pressure man that's a lot of pressure but um even then cleveland still had an opportunity still had an opportunity to win that game but they just lost all confidence you it reminds me so much of the toronto series game one cleveland had i mean not Cleveland. toronto had it in the bag right you know they was up double digits you know they was playing the cast really really well then that fourth quarter came And it was just like, everything just kind of collapsed. Valanchunas was missing all kind of easy bunnies in the paint. DeRozan and uh, Kyle Lowry was playing hot potato with the basketball. They gave the ball to Norm Van Fleet for the last shot in overtime. Like, that just goes to show you how much lack of confidence that the Raptors, mainly Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, had. You know what I'm saying? And you just kind of seen. Once they went to overtime, the, the Raptors lost all of their um, all of the, all of their confidence. They lost all of their confidence. Um, so it this this kind of reminds me of the Cavs of the Cavs series. And then you seen in game two when Toronto and uh Cleveland played, Toronto laid the smackdown on them, and that's exactly what happened to the uh, Cavaliers against Golden State. Um, it's unfortunate, man. The Cavaliers definitely have to win game three. Like, game three, this is a must-win situation. This is a must-win game for Cleveland. Like, it's nothing else to it. Like, they have to win this game. Like, it can't be no lose this and then win game four. This is their do or die. This is their game seven right here because if they lose game three, they're definitely losing game four. Right now, Cleveland has no confidence. They have no confidence right now but when that game starts third third game in cleveland tomorrow night well later on tonight because it's 135 as i'm recording this when that game starts cleveland is going to play with all the confidence in the world right now they lost that confidence but that their fans is going to get them their confidence back and here's where I, here's where i think it goes cleveland has to win the first quarter by at least 13 points they have to win the third quarter by at least thirteen points. When you look at all of the games that the Cavs have played, with the exception of the Toronto game, we're we, we gonna take them series out of it because you know Toronto. I don't know, but the the, the game LeBron James went off against Indiana, right? I think he had like twenty something points in the in the first quarter, and they were up by like fifteen points. Quarters. Two through four, they lost the quarter by 12. They they lost the rest of the quarters by 12 points. So I feel like with Cleveland, they get these big leads, but they can't hold on to them because I think they depend too much on LeBron and the fact that guys aren't stepping up and hitting shots. Kyle Corver, you got to give me more, bro. J.R. Smith, I know you feeling it right now, but you got to give me more, bro. Um, Jordan Clarkston, man, you playing like trash right now, man. You playing like Shumper, brother. You gotta give me more. You know what I'm saying? Like you, these cats gotta give me more. Larry Nass, he's doing a good job. He playing with energy, man. Hey, look, activate Kendrick, Kendrick Perkins, man. Let him get a couple hard fouls on Stephen Clay. KD, you know what I'm saying? Let, let him play. Let him get a little run, a little burn. You know what I'm saying? Let him get them six fouls in 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, Cleveland definitely has to win game three. Like it's no ifs and but this this is the game that they have to win. <laughs> Uh so Steve Kerr, man. Let's talk a little about a little bit about Steve Kerr because the one thing that I talked about in um a couple episodes ago when I was talking about Toronto and Washington when I was talking about the first round series, I like the fact I was talking about how Dwayne Casey wasn't shortening his rotation. You know what I'm saying? He was still playing about 9-10 deep. And normally in the playoffs, In the playoffs, you shorten your rotation to about seven, eight guys. You know, you let them log all the heavy minutes. So here's what I'm liking. Here's what I like about what Steve Kerr is doing, right? Steve Kerr is not shortening his rotation, man. Think about this. Kevin Looney started in the first quarter, right? Well, in the first half, right, of the Cavs game. And that that was one thing that I said that they that kinda needed to happen. Because Golden State is, is as dominant as they are offensively, they are super weak in the paint. And I felt like with Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love and even LeBron James down there, I felt like they can go down there and they can eat. Like they can get boards and they can eat. And you know the first game they they had a a fifteen a fifteen a plus fifteen rebound advantage. In the second game, believe it or not, Golden State actually rebounded. And Cleveland only won that battle by one. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Steve Kerr he he hasn't shortened his rotation, man. You know his rotation is still the same. Um, you know. Kevin Looney started the first half, Kevin Looney wasn't that effective, so you know who he put, JaVel McGee, he started ja- JaVel McGee in the second half, and for a little stretch of about four or five minutes in that third quarter, he was doing work, you know, he D'd up LeBron, was with him step for step, made him take a tough fadeaway. you know, he was dunking the ball, he was active, you know, I mean, he missed that dunk, and he let the pass go between his legs. But, I mean, we, we ain't here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the fact that in the third quarter, when Golden State and Cleveland was neck and neck, for that one little instance, Javelle McGee gave Golden State that little edge to where they was pulling. They thought they was getting ready to pull out the double-digit victory. But they, you know, the Cavaliers fought back. And then game two, look what happens. You you play you play consistent minutes, you play, you play them hard minutes. You go ahead and you get this start. JaVel McGee that gave them 12 points. The first bucket was a JaVel McGee dunk. You know what I'm saying? So it's like and then on top of that In my notes. I said David West was gonna be some kind of factor in this series. I felt like David West in that Houston series. I mean he 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 wasn't a, he wasn't gonna be effective. David West is slow, even though I like David West, man. His mid range game is is deadly. Um his style of play just wasn't a, gonna be effective against Houston in the way that they play. So you didn't he didn't play a lot. Um with, with uh Cleveland, you know, they can kind of slow it down. Larry Nance isn't really an outside shooter like that. Trisha Thompson definitely isn't an outside shooter like that. So, you know, he'll be able to play a little bit. And he was effective. He hit a three point shot. He had three block shots, so he was super effective. Um, so that's what that's what I like about Steve Kerr. Like, he's not shortening the rotation or nothing of that nature. Cats gonna play. Cats are gonna play, and you know they're expected to be effective when they do play. And you gotta you gotta award Steve Kerr for that. Now for Teron Lou, you can't do what Steve Kerr is doing right now, bro. You gotta shorten that rotation, man. You gotta shorten that rotation. Like you go about eight deep. Um, I don't know how what eight you do. You probably do Larry Nash, you probably do Kyle Corver. And I would I would do Rodney Hood. I put Rodney Hood in that rotation, man. You know, you know, let JR, you know, JR JR's confidence is shot right now. He don't need to be playing because he's he's not he's not helping you guys. He had five points last game. He's not helping you guys right now. So you need to you need to get some fresh energy. You need to get some new blood in there. Get something that Golden State haven't seen yet. And remember, at one point, everybody was talking about how good of a defender J.R. Smith was. Clay been working. Clay been eating. Even when J.R. tried to take him out in game one, he came out to score 24 points. But Clay still scored 20 in game two, even though he was questionable for that game. Kevin Durant was super consistent, but Steph Curry, man. When I'm watching the game, I'm like Steph Curry is is definitely out there playing NBA Jam right now because he's on fire. <laughs> he was definitely on fire, man. Just hitting all kind of shots. He was just he was doing the main thing. You couldn't you can't be mad at Steph Curry. Um, as a as a brown skin guy, you know it's always brown skin versus light skin. You know what I'm saying? So you know uh, I don't know how I feel about that. But at the end of the day, man, I'm a, I'm a fan of you know, guys who really can get buckets and who who who's cocky and arrogant enough to let you know that they are getting buckets and then dare you to stop them. I'm like, what's up? What's up? I'm about to pull this shot from 35 feet and I'ma hit it. I'm about to shoot this fadeaway three-pointer in your face. And I'ma still make it. What's up? You can't stop me. What's good? <laughs> and that's the way I think that's the way Steph go about it, man. You know, he just super, he's super cocky with it, and I like it. I like it man i like it you know man be cocky about what you do you know what i'm saying you know be arrogant about what you do you know because you do it you feel me <laughs> like me I, I'm, I'm quick to let a cat know like look i ain't gonna argue with you about <laughs> about no basketball nothing else because i don't do it for free bro <laughs> you feel me i don't do it for free i i'm not I'm not gonna argue with you about no b-ball. We're not gonna have no no candid discussion about basketball if you're not about to legit pay me for it. You know what I mean? That's the way you gotta be about it sometimes, man. You gotta you sometimes you gotta let cats know. Like, look, I does this. Like, I, I do this. You you know what I'm saying? I do this. And he letting them boys know that he do it, man. Hey, you know what's funny though? You know what's funny? Um I predicted game two, right? In my um in my notes. I predicted game two. And um I predicted the score to be something like uh, I think it was like 105. No, it was like 115, 105. And then I think the score ended up being 122 to 103. I'm like, dang, that's crazy, man. I was I was seven points under for Golden State, and then I was uh two points under. I was seven, yeah, I was seven points under for Golden State, and then I was two points um, under for Cleveland, that's crazy, I definitely would have made some money, <laughs> but uh, I think that's how it's going to go, man, I think that's, I, that's how I felt it was going to go, like, uh, um, I felt like, you know, Cleveland was just, like, they just had all of the, the momentum snuck out of them, you know what I mean? All right, so enough about the finals, man. Let me let me get to my my game three prediction. So this is what I see in game three, right? Game three, Cleveland's gonna come out and they coming out. They they on fire. They on fire. Like, look, if Jr. starting, Jr. Jr. definitely hitting a couple shots in a row. Like he's coming out, he's coming out ready to play. Kevin Love's gonna come out ready to play. LeBron James probably is gonna probably put up another twenty point first quarter. Cleveland is going to win that first quarter by double digits. But here's here's what's going to get interesting. That third quarter. Golden State is going to put in work in that third quarter. I, I, can, just, I, I can see it now. Because Cleveland is going to play so motivated and so with high tempo energy in, these, in this first half. They're they probably going to get a double digit lead. I'll give them that. They'll probably get a double digit lead. But Golden State... You know, I think they're going to kind of hang it around. They're going to probably keep it to about, about 8 to 10 points. I think Cleveland would maybe take it to about 8 points, 8 to 10 points in a half. And then Golden Stage is going to, you know, will their way to victory. So, even though I said Cleveland is in a must win, Game 3 is definitely a must win for them. I just don't see it, and I said five games, so you know what, I'm going to take the bet, I'm going to give Cleveland the dub, man, I think they're going to get the dub, I think it's going to be a close game, but I'm going to give Cleveland the dub, because I think it's going to be, I want to keep it within that five, that five game range, because I think Golden State will come out and uh, make the adjustments that they need to make in their win game four, so I'll give Cleveland the dub for game three tonight. Alright, so we done talking about the finals I'm done, say goodbye to the finals (laughs) I really don't want to talk about it Because it's so Oh man Oh man It's just Blah But anyways Let's talk about uh, these coaches, right? So, uh, Mike Budenhoser Mike Budenhoser is the new coach for the Atlanta Hawks Good move for Atlanta, man I like the move I mean, not for Atlanta Good move move for uh, Milwaukee Milwaukee I think I said that right Mike Boonehurst is the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks Well I just said it right If I ain't say it right the first time But um, I think it's a good move for the Bucks man Look Mike Boonehurst was a good coach Um, He just I I think Shout out to the Hawks Ownership or coaching Managerial staff for letting him go Because they knew that there was going to be A long rebuilding process And They just let him go Like you know, they're like, look, we don't want you to be a part of this, bro. We know you're a good coach. You know you can coach somewhere where somebody's going to contend and you can be able to do some good things. So I got to give the credit to the uh, to the Hawks uh, managerial staff or ownership or whoever. For the Bucks. This is, this is nice. Here's why it's nice. Because I looked at the development of Al Horford and I looked at the development of Paul Millsap. Um... And and, and, I'm, and I like what I'm possibly going to see from Giannis, like possibly like what I'm going to see from um, Jabari Parker and from Thon Maker. Thon Maker showed a little bit of promise in the uh, in that Boston series. You know, he had he had a six block game, one game, you know, he was out there shooting threes and all that. But then he got hit a lot. But um, <laughs> he got ate a lot. But look. maker, man I mean He has the potential To be something great Like his skill set Is just so Nice You know what I'm saying For a guy His height To be able to Shoot the Shoot the three So effortlessly And fluently Like he does it You know You can't You can't coach that That's what they used to say In uh, 2K NFL 2K You can't coach that Dan (laughs) But um You know Milwaukee has the potential man You know uh, that coach put him in some interesting I don't understand predicaments like he uh in the Boston series he had Giannis Garden Al Horford which you know barbecue chicken you know what I'm saying? Even though Giannis is as good as he is, six foot eleven with the wingspan of about seven somebody seven foot five or and above. Barbecue chicken, man. Barbecue chicken. <laughs> Al Horv was out there bullying Thigh Maker, you know, making him look like he was just like he was me out there, you know what I'm saying? But um Boone Hoser he's he's one of them elite coaches. He comes for that San Antonio tree, so I think he'd be able to do work. So shout out to the uh shout out to the Bucks for getting Mike Boonhoser. Um uh, the Magic. The Magic got who did they get they got Steve Clifford. Now defensive coaches in the Orlando Magic have not worked. Frank Vogel, trash. Scott Skiles, trash. Uh, Steve Clifford, look. Steve Clifford couldn't even get the the Hornets to a, a seed in the playoffs. Um, Steve Clifford is a okay coach. I would have liked to have seen him go younger. Look, somebody hired Jerry Stackhouse and stop playing. Somebody get Jerry. Excuse me. Somebody get Jerry Stackhouse. Be the coach of your basketball franchise and let him work. That boy down in the G League doing some amazing things with that Raptors uh, affiliate. Get him a coaching opportunity and let him do work from I'm Toronto. I'm hiring from within. Bring Stackhouse in, man. Now, a lot of people say that his temperament may not be able to get him a coaching opportunity, but look at the end of the day, man. Look at Greg Popovich. Like Greg Popovich has a as has a as, as a temper. You know what I'm saying? But like his players respond to him. You can tell by all the championships and all the 50 plus win seasons and all the playoff appearances that they make every single year. So, get Stackhouse in here, man. Let let him prove himself. Let him prove himself. Um but I mean, Steve Clifford is an okay coach for Orlando, man. You just got to you got to reshape that roster. That roster is just a whole clutter of overpriced bums. And, and, and forgive me for calling you a bum. Like if you're in the NFL, I mean in the NBA, you're not a bum because you have enough skill to at least be able to play in the uh, in the NBA. But you're a bum. Simple. Simple as that. Um you're a bum. <laughs> you're a bum. Um but Orlando they just have a they just have all this clutter everywhere man. They don't have a point guard you know, and I'm I'm hearing that they might get Trey Young from uh, Oklahoma in the draft if he falls to him. Um, and it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of question marks. Some have his potential as high as um, Steph Curry. Some have his potential as low as Jimmy Fredette. Even though Jimmy Fredette out there putting up numbers, he out there putting up numbers overseas. Man, get that boy Jimmy another shot. I'm, I guarantee you he can give you ten points, especially in this NBA where everybody's just shooting the ball anyway and ain't playing no defense. This the lead for Jimmer right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This the lead for Jimmer, boy. For Jimmy. Jimmer, Jimmer. Remember when everybody used to shot Jimmer range? Like, you would shoot a shot from, like, 30 feet, and you would be like, Jimmer range? But now it's like, Steph? That's crazy how time flies, man. But, yeah, Steve Clifford to the heart. To the heart. To the heart, To the hornies. To, to, to the magic. <laughs> Steve Clifford to the magic, man. That's interesting. That's an interesting thing, you know. I don't think it's gonna work though, because like I said, defensive coaches in Orlando don't work out. Man, they just need to go ahead and move the team. I'm gonna think I'm gonna do a video on that four NBA uh, franchises that's on the on the brinks of possibly moving. I think y'all be int- int- intrigued by that video. Go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel the exclusive breakdown. Last but not least, y'all already know I gotta talk about my Pistons. Got to talk about my Pistons Now, from what I'm hearing, they still haven't hired a you know, they let go of their uh their GM. They let him go. They just recently let him go, so they're looking for a GM, and they're looking for a head coach. Now, they interviewed John Beline, the coach from the University of Michigan, uh Emmy Udoka, assistant coach from the San Antonio Spurs, Kenny the Jet Smith. Analysts from TNT. And here's my problem. Why does everybody feel that people who were on TV and had no head coaching experience is going to instantly become the next Steve Kerr? Like, for the Steve Kerr that was, and the Mark Jackson that was, there was Derek Fisher. And if Derek Fisher isn't enough to steer you away from possibly going out and hiring an analyst... Or somebody who was out there on the street. I don't know what it is. But then you got to wonder, is Derrick Fisher's lack of success the fa- a fact of him being a bad coach? Or is it from the fact that he had to coach using the triangle offense? Because Derrick Fisher could actually be a nice coach. But then as I think about that, I think about the fact of how Earl Watson was trash as a coach. Lindsey Hunter was trash as an a, a, a interim head coach. So yeah, I, I don't know how how good that would be. Shout out to Patrick Ewing, man. Get, get Patrick Ewing a shot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, yeah, man, I think the Pistons uh, is gonna be interesting, man. If I'm if I'm the Pistons, I I'm going I'm going with somebody I know because you got the you have the roster right now to make it to the playoffs. And if I'm if I got the roster right now, I'll go Dwayne Casey. I think it really is contingent on how what what what's the next step for the Pistons? Like is it is it legit them trying to rebuild? Or is it legit taking the roster that they have and trying to do something in that east? Because I don't know. Um, the east is gonna get interesting. I don't think like I said, I think LeBron goes to Philly. So I don't think I I don't know. I don't know. I think that there are spots to possibly be had. Um Maybe Hassan Whiteside is out of Miami. So, you know, Miami could could drop a spot. But uh, overall, man, I don't really see none of the teams falling. Maybe Toronto falls. You don't know if they're going to rebuild that whole thing. Maybe they trade Lowry. Maybe they trade DeRozan. Definitely trade Ibaka. You know what I'm saying? Definitely trade Ibaka. Uh, You know, Indiana's going to be there. You know, they got cap room. I don't think they have enough cap room to get LeBron but they got Capron to possibly make a, a run for Aaron Gordon. I think that would be a nice little play. Look, if I'm in the I'm going after uh, Kawhi. Simple. I'm simply going after Kawhi. I'm going after Kawhi. Why? Can you imagine a, 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 a Victor Oladipo, Kawhi Leonard defensive, Miles Turner defensive lineup? Come on, man. That's, that's dangerous. That's dangerous, kid. Um, But we'll see, man. We'll see how it go, man. We'll see how it go. And um, I'm out of here, man. I'll holler at y'all boys next week, man. Peace. You just got the heat. Thanks for the support. It's greatly appreciated. Tune in next week for another episode. Hey man <laughs> my bad i thought i was done with the episode but i'm not done yet i'm sorry jr i ain't got no problems with you man i, I, I no issues no issues jr but this is this is funny like the reason is just funny you know you thought you was ahead so you know i thought i was done with the episode but apparently i wasn't um for the first time in about a couple months man let's bring out the heat of the week add some fire to your sneaker collection this is the heat of the week and before we get into the heat of the week can i get a welcome back because y'all understand man i've been doing just basketball stories for uh x amount of time that i have not been doing no heat of the week which is like which is which is which is a shock to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I normally get my heat of the week, but I haven't been doing it. So uh for the culture, you know what I'm saying? The culture is back to the ch- to the podcast, baby. Go ahead and get hit me but a welcome back. A welcome back for the heat of the week. Cause it's back. And we gotta show love. We gotta show love with this dude. Alright, so let me stop procrastinating. Go ahead and hit me with a welcome back real quick. Alright, so Look, I didn't write down no heat of the week I, I just, I just kind of put this in I'm just like, you know what, let me go ahead let me, do the, um, let me do the heat of the week, man Let me go ahead and do the heat of the week So, uh I'm scrolling down Sneaker News SneakerNews.com to see what heat's coming out Um Hey, I know one I know one particular heat that's coming out, man already know these joys supposed to be coming out they they playing though um the uh the mellows the mellow uh the the mellow twos i think are supposed to be coming out this weekend uh let me let me make sure let me confirm my uh suspicions um (laughs) The Air Jordan 3 Particle Beige. Yeah, the Air uh, Jordan 2 Mellows will be coming out June the 9th. Um, y'all already know that's going to be a hot commodity shoe. So, you know, if you, if you really if you really on them, I, I would advise you to get your place in line right now and get them. Oh, and the Travis Scott Air Jordan 4 Cactus Jack Joints is coming out on the 9th. You know what I'm saying? So, uh... Hey, we just going to rock with them too hey, The Jordan 14 last shots coming out uh, next week too So you know I'm going to have to definitely get my pair um, But uh The Air Jordan 2 Mellows And the Travis Scott Air Jordan 4 Cactus Jacks Are my heat of the week this week They will both be out on June the 9th For those who don't know June the 9th is a Saturday So go ahead and check that out man. And For real this time Cause I ain't got nothing else to talk about. I'm your host, Ty Smith, roll 2 exclusive, Hustle Bandit, Sneaker Bandit, Daytona 360, Four Point Island, lock them up wrong in the building. Getting ready to hop up out the building. I will holler at y'all boys. Um next week. I guess. Maybe. Probably. Don't quote me on it. <laughs> But I holler at y'all, man. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I ain't gonna say that no more. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm doing a um, I'm gonna be redoing my sneaker collection. Uh, for those who don't know, I've been working on this huge project in my sneaker room, and I just recently finished it. Um, so I want to show y'all the what, what exactly what I've been working on. You know what I'm saying? It, it ain't nothing but just taking the boxes, taking all the boxes, getting it all the boxes, and putting them in some crates. But you know it looks it looks clean and presentable now. But yeah, I'm gonna be posting that video soon. And once again, shout out to the Hamtramck Police Department. I love y'all. <laughs> I'm Long Smith, man. I'm out of here, man. I'll highlight y'all boys next week. Peace. You just got the heat. Thanks for the support. It's greatly appreciated. Tune in next week for another
0: episode. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince.